You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome back to Shot of History. I'm Stephanie. I am the color man, Big Dev. Tee hee. <laughs> um, I'm Ellie. What's up? Been a long time. Yeah, it has. Melissa. Matt Damon. <laughs> I'm no, Calvin. You're, you're not Calvin. <laughs> uh, and Dave, go figure. I'm I'm here too, even when the studio is virtual. You can't get rid of me. Yes, we are all recording from the safety and comfort of our own homes. Uh, pants and bras are optional. Um, because why? Who, who cares? Who cares what we look like? <laughs> oh, so I, I can wear a bra if I want to? Is that what? Wear <laughs> one, don't wear one. I'd like, my, I mean, I'd like to still do my per episode reminder. I'm black. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you didn't know. (laughs) Like, uh, you could play a a drinking game on Shot of History for how many times I mentioned I'm black. (laughs) We're going to have to make up some uh, rules. We should actually create a Shot of History, like, PDF board game that we can uh, post (laughs) on our Facebook page. And then people, if they want, like, when they listen to the show, they can, uh, you know play along and get drunk yeah Bingo. so like so like uh and then they died is uh finish your drink <laughs> <laughs> exactly indictment take a drink yeah we haven't done an indictment in a while no calvin well, swears about a u.s president take two drinks <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go okay so um ellie is going to be our our historian today, um, we're going to be talking, well, she's going to be talking about uh, Sarah Biffin and then we're be learning and joking around about it because that's how we do here at Shot of History. But before we, be- yeah, before we begin, I haven't even gotten drunk yet and here I'm already screwing stuff up. Cheers, everyone. When we're done cheersing, we will let people know what the hell we're drinking. Oh, I totally here. did not. I did not pour my shot because I was so stressed. Well- <laughs> So Melissa's me. drinking her stress. Failed me yet again, Starscream. <laughs> uh, I can't open my bottle. Jesus. Today I'm drinking the Game of Thrones House Lannister Lagavulin nine-year uh, single mm. bottle. It is delicious as hell. I wasn't going to drink today, but then I remembered I had this, and I was like, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna drink. what I am. Yeah. And, and I'm drinking a fucking White Claw. Yeah. There's no laws. uh i am since i'm at home uh i'm actually drinking a uh a dry martini with a uh jalapeno stuffed olive yeah yeah so uh, i'm not a big fan of olives at all but i i thought i'd try a stuffed olive and I got jalapeno stuff, and then, said, hey. and then, and then Dave, uh, Dave was like amateur hour. I, and he showed, he sends me a picture of all of his stuffed olives in his bar. He's got them all, the whole collection. He is a jerk, and he he shows me all the stuff that he has in his house that I can't have, like <laughs> char- like charcuterie plates and cheese, adult lunchables. Yeah, my daughter how to do stuff. <laughs> it's a lunchable on a piece of wood, people. That, it's a charcuterie. Cute. It made me hungry, though, and that's not fair. We're <laughs> making that up. <laughs> got some cheese and cracker. Uh, what are you drinking, Dave? Uh, I went with a uh, shot of Tito's to complement the uh, Tito's and Red Bull. 
that I have uh, because I slept for absolute shit last night. And so without Red Bull, this marathon session just ain't going to happen. So I'm just diving <laughs> right straight out. And laughably, I figured out, uh, like, I thought I was having a relapse of something. Like whether that was either the flu or getting the Rona or whatever it was. Um, and no, I figured out it's the fact that I have had no Red Bull for like three weeks. And so I think my body like went into like a pseudo shutdown mode and was like, is this art? Is it's like that butter? Is this the new caffeine level? Like, is this? Like, <laughs> We're just trying to adjust the, the levels here. We're just trying to adjust. Right. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see I how think that goes. took three weeks. But... The hamster that's running your heart right now is like, I, I don't. Yeah, it's, 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 do I slow down? Doing the hamster dance. It's, yeah. <laughs> so no, it wasn't three. It was about a, it was about a weekend after after I had like edit that at Ross, and I was just like, wow, I feel run down. I feel sick. What the hell's going on? No, it was just caffeine withdrawal. There you go. I thought I had the Rona. Turns out I didn't have enough Red Bull. <laughs> so what are you drinking, Dev? Uh, I am drinking Poland's finest Sobieski uh, rye vodka. Ooh, nice, nice. I genuinely did not know they did a rye vodka, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the was it the normal is potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, This is pretty good. It definitely has a different. uh, It actually has some flavor to it compared to just the regular uh, potato based Sobieski. It's good. I want to try it. I tried one other um, rye vodka and I really liked it. So, uh, Melissa, what are you drinking? Did you finally get it open? I did. I'm drinking Di Sirono because it's my favorite. Ah, classing up the joint. <laughs> I'm literally holding a dry martini in a martini glass like rich people do and she's the classy one. I call bullshit. No, actually, you're failing holding the martini glass because the reason a martini glass hold, has a stem is because you hold it by the stem, not yep. the cup. Because that keeps the drink cold. But your hot little hands don't warm it up. <laughs> I'm a hot little potato. <laughs> All right, I, drink, Bobby, I wish people could see this because this is how I drink my martinis. <laughs> No, I'm gonna drink it like a Catholic goblet at communion. You drink them in. Feel my drink getting. I can feel my drink getting warmer. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Calvin drinks his in the please, sir. Can I have some more configuration? Don't worry, this ain't gonna be in the glass long enough to get warm, people. (laughs) Frank amateurs. (laughs) All right, so it's time to start the history, Ellie. What you got today? So what's up? We're talking about Sarah Biffin. Anybody heard of Sarah Biffin? Yeah, sounds very familiar. So Stephanie's heard of Sarah Biffin. 30, 30 seconds ago. 30 seconds ago. Okay. <laughs> when we familiar, mentioned what the episode but... was about, who it was about, I was like, no. first time. Cool. Now, this is the second time. Sorry. I didn't think I'd hear it that, that quickly in succession. So, um, I found a lot of information on uh, about Sarah Biffin on Rejected Princesses, which I would suggest that you go look at them right this second. Um, however, their server is down. Oh. <laughs> yesterday. It's down today. Um, but there's a whole bunch of articles about her online. Um, she was um, a, a she was a painter and an artist who was um, well. Let me tell you about her life. She was born in October of 1784 um, to some That's farmers in Somerset in England. Unless you were black, <laughs> it was a good year. Oh my god. <laughs> Or unless you were Sarah Biffin, who was born with no arms and only, like, vestigial stumps for legs. Ah, see, you should have led with that shit. You need to lead with that. (laughs) Black people are like, yeah, she's she's 
She's got a bad too. She's got a bad too. <laughs> so, um, her parents had no, I mean, if you think you would have no idea what to do with your child if they were born like that now, they really super had no clue back then. 1784. So they were like, I guess you'll just, we'll just keep you in the corner over here. Just deal with you. And she... <laughs> we're just going to keep you in the corner? I just have a picture of them here. like propping her up in the corner. <laughs> Basically, that's what they did. And, but every time that they would leave, she would, she was really determined because she wanted to become more self-reliant. And so she would practice doing things with needle and thread and scissors with her mouth. And she eventually, and she eventually learned to sew and do embroidery. And she sewed her own dresses, excuse me, when she was a child. With um, no With her mouth. And she would, um, she would learn to, she learned to, tie loops like she sewed her own dresses and tied um put loops on these uh on the like little stumpy sleeves of her dresses so that she could hold um like pencils and or pens and um and paint brushes eventually um and she uh she became she drew the attraction of a, a a traveling businessman or you know P.T. Barnum? <laughs> Was it P.T. Barnum? <laughs> no, but similar idea. Okay, right. So I'm thinking, like... Yeah. Um, he, his name was... Oh, what was his name? Emmanuel Dukes. And he, um, he basically bought her from her family and was like... For a dollar, which was the first Duke brother bet, uh, <laughs> prominently featured in Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, open in the second white claw. Third white claw. <laughs> we gonna need this today. So, um, he basically told him, like, look, I'll take care of her. I'll give her room and board, and you don't have to worry about her anymore. And she never saw her parents again. Um, and she was only, God, how old was she? 14. She was 14. Thank you. Did you Google it as well? Oh. Um, well, yeah, and I have the, the Rejected Princesses is back up, so I have oh, that back up. pulled up oh, on my Oh, thank phone. God. Thank God. Okay. Got it. Good. Um, I was going to be the Rejected Princesses site. have just been screwy right now. It's not showing up on my computer for whatever fucking reason. Oh, I do it on my phone, so the mobile version is good, but okay, maybe not. So... Um, she worked for him for many years for, I think like 15 years. And she, um, she would do, he, there's sources, certain sources say that he taught her to paint, but she may, I mean, she was so determined. She might've just figured that out on her own. Um, but it was, people would, it started off where people would come and pay to have her cut out silhouettes of them. Um, and, and cut out little, little silhouettes on black paper um, because they, uh, I mean, I've never seen someone use a pair of scissors with only their mouth and vestigial stumps before. So I'm assuming they would never have either. Um, right. It's like an oddity. So you're like, Hey man, I, you, if you can cut out my silhouette on a piece of paper, like I'm thrilled at what right. I feel like, you know, it's kind of, it's entertainment. Just in general, if you can do that. I'll pay you. Um, But he, he billed her as the astonishing curiosity um, and would charge a lot of money upwards of two shillings. Oh, shillings. 
Well, back then. And for people to come and watch her uh, sew and write and cut out portraits. And uh, by the time she was 20, she learned how to paint. And that could have been herself, but she she probably had some help from Dukes at some point. Um, and she was painting portraits. And you can still find a couple of her portraits um, online, particularly her self-portrait, um, which was painted much later in her life. Um, and that's one of the only paintings of hers that survives. Um, there's there's just like a couple out there. Um, but she, um, by the at some point, um, who was it? The Earl of Morton came to her show, came to the um, came to the traveling show, and he she painted his portrait, and he said, "Oh, well, that's that's." insane so let me show this to a few people so he showed it to a bunch of people what did he get salty because it was the earl of morton Morton. Uh, apologize uh, apologize immediately uh, (laughs) 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 um oh and so so she's she painted his portrait and eventually showed it to several different people including the king who supported her and and gave her money to get new gave her the means to get uh, art lessons from a better teacher um so she so she did um but she was meanwhile she was still at the sideshow essentially and she was um she was painting with the brush in her mouth and she would sell her paintings and autographs. Um, she would do landscapes. She would do portraits. She would do miniature portraits. Look, you got to understand how much this pisses me off, right? I'm sorry. Like, I get it. She got no arms. And Calvin froze. <laughs> oh, Calvin. I know. But even today, with all my appendages, with all my appendages, yeah, you can't paint. You ain't got no legs. <laughs> um, uh, even with all my appendages, like I can't draw more than like a stick figure. She's over here, like a master, you know, a masterpiece, a masterpiece. So you're just jealous, is what you're. Oh, I'm absolutely jealous of a person that has no arms and no legs. You know what? I'm gonna walk up to her, her to her, um, you know, to her grave. And I'm gonna yes. do a back. I'm gonna do a backflip on her grave oh my god oh <laughs> yeah oh. yeah petty cow yeah. is petty uh, what what i'm petty labelle is that what dave says i'm petty labelle <laughs> petty labelle i'm petty petty and pink <laughs> yeah i'm sure she'd never seen that before at a sideshow oh was she blind too oh that would just be insult to injury forever <laughs> it's oh, like god. this woman can't get it this can't get it together well, she if she was blind, skin. the art would be way more impressive. See, <laughs> right, would totally right. walk up to. Do you feel like she was like insulted when people would clap for her? Like, can't even do this. <laughs> oh, wow, well, Calvin. Wow. Uh, look, I never said anything about being a decent human being. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's true. For the uh, Never said anything about it. I mean, I was driving home from the liquor store today, and I saw a. Uh, keep America great uh, banner in somebody's house. And I stopped the car, got out, threw a rock through the window, got back in the car and kept going. So, you know, 
Nothing about being a decent human being here. Continue look, with I, the armless, legless person. Look, I love Shot of History, except when I get political. Oh, <laughs> no politics involved. <laughs> no politics in my history show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I think that means Calvin can never do another show. I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we can talk it's about like he's... any type of politics that aren't current. Gotcha. Fine. History of politics, not the current politics. Because, good God, we might implode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back to Sarah. M- may I continue? Absolutely. Okay, can. great. Grand. Round of applause. Thank you. Um, so, oh, while she was doing these portraits, um, Dukes would um, basically wager, like, okay, I'll give you any of y'all come up here and, and want a portrait. If she can't draw your picture, I'll give you a thousand guineas. And don't ask me to translate English money. Cause I don't know, but that's don't worry. I've got my guinea to dollars translator right here. Hold on one second. Well, there we go. <laughs> they had to give them a thousand Italians. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> See? <laughs> wow. I mean, he's making fun of his own people. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, look at that. <laughs> okay, Calvin. We can't hear you because you're breaking up. Oh. Up a little bit on that one, but that's okay. We got the gist of it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, so, and nobody ever, nobody ever got the thousand guineas, basically, because she could do anything. Um, but while she was working for him, um, it's, presumed that she, you know, based on different sources around that time, she probably only received about five pounds a year while she was working for him. Uh, That was a common occurrence in those type of shows. They used to basically give them room and board and like food and there, and then they might get a little bit of money to spend on their own, but like they would be raking in all this money for the circus or the sideshow or whatever the hell you want to call it and not see really anything from what they were doing it's it was obvious by the way uh, a, a, a guinea was the amount of one pound and one shilling one guinea was one pound and one shilling. so about twillings or one pound and five pence so just so okay cool I which i mean guess. even a, a thousand a thousand guineas now would be a considerable amount to wager, but back then it would have been astronomical. Um, So going back to the Earl of Morton in 1808. So when she was like 20 ish or no, she was more than 20. um, 1808. God, I can do math. Um, She was I've had those white claws before I started. 1784 <laughs> to 1808 is... No, that's 24. Yeah, okay. That's 24. So she was 24. So when she was 24, the Earl of Morton had her paint her portrait and was like, I don't think you can really do this. And she was like, excuse me. Here you go. And he got her... Um, he got her new new art teacher and basically was, was her patron, her major patron for the rest of his life. Um, and she, uh, 
she even, she painted portraits of uh, the king. She painted portraits of Queen Victoria. She went abroad and painted portraits of royalty everywhere. Everybody, she was really popular at that point. She painted picture of uh, Prince Albert. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Oh, she did? Yeah. Yeah. Which which prince? Her paintings are amazing, too. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) This is Prince Albert. In a can? (laughs) Yes. The piercing? (laughs) (laughs) That was my... She was an early early pornographer. (laughs) Hold still. Hold still. (laughs) Sorry, I had to bring that up because it was funny. (laughs) I wish we were doing Facebook Live right now because this is so funny. (laughs) We'll we'll move to Facebook Live after this. (laughs) Um, entertainment in their lives. Can't guarantee I'll still be dressed at that point, but you know. So, she basically for after fifteen years of working with Dukes, she went off and and did all this and and started earning more of her own living, um, and I'm giving you the the boiled down version, but um, she got a medal from the. Um, oh God. Uh, Society of Arts. Thank you. The Society of Arts, the Society of Artists gave her a medal and her self-portrait that's the, the most that we know about what she looked like has her, her, her self-portrait has her with her medal and all done up in her, in her best clothes that she probably made herself. Um, and you can see her medal on, um, draped across her, like pinned across her chest. It's really nice. Um, and Charles Dickens mentioned her in a couple of books of his, uh, excuse me, a few of his books, including Nicholas Nickleby. And um, my favorite name of a book ever, Martin Chuzzlewit. <laughs> well, I will now cede the floor so you can riff on Martin Chuzzlewit. That's a porn name. That's, that's absolutely, Martin Chuzzlewit is absolutely a porn name. No, you know what Martin Chuzzlewit is? It's not the porn actor's name. It's the character that they play. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I'm speechless. <laughs> that never happened. I have rendered Dev speechless with Chuzzlewit. Tonight, playing the part of Martin Chuzzlewit. Uh, the... Oh, God. Well, I, I, I guess you left everybody speechless with that one. Apparently. Yeah. So, um, so she was in demand and everything and she, she was really popular. Um, she, uh, she, but the Earl of Morton died in 1827. And by that point she, she didn't have a sponsor anymore for whatever reason, nobody else wanted to sponsor her probably because they were weirded out and he was like, a diamond in the rough or some shit. Um, but she, her manager, she didn't have a manager. Her manager used up all of her money or most of her money after the Earl of Morton died. Um, and so she basically had to retire. And fortunately, uh, Queen Victoria um, gave her a pension and was like, all right, you can just, you can just go and live and we'll, you'll be taken care of. Um, because you provided all these services and I mean, hello. Um, so she went and lived in Liverpool for the rest of her life. Um, about 
uh, a few years later, she got married and her marriage was like pretty quickly dissolved. And it's assumed that her husband took whatever he could and left. Right. Um, but, he, yeah, he basically married the paraplegic or the, the, sorry, the not paraplegic. Cause she didn't have any limbs to be paralyzed. My bad. Uh, he basically married her for her money and knew that she would be okay with it. Cause she, well, thought that she would be okay with it because right. she's like, oh, well she's disabled. So of course she's going to marry me. Right. And then, yeah. And took her for everything. And less than a year later, they're divorced and yeah. he just up and leaves her with like barely any money. Nothing. Douches. Yeah. Um, and she, Apparently about a dozen years later, she tried to go out and do painting again with a different name um, under the name Mrs. Wright. Um, uh, I'm not in. It would have been a total plot twist. It was like under the name of Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> <laughs> she was a painter of light. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but nobody, nobody really bought like it. It didn't really take nobody, excuse me. Nobody was interested. Um, like I have to wonder if she had just gone back out with her current name, would it have been fine? Like, would she have gotten some more attention or maybe did she not, did she want like a little bit of attention, but maybe not as much? I don't know. Or maybe she was afraid of somebody taking advantage of her again. I mean, maybe by going out under a different name, she was trying to like be a little bit covert and not have people staking her out to, you know, take money that she'd been earning. Or yeah. use her as a football. Oh, indictment. Mm. You, you, you have to drink a sip of your fancy drink. There you so, go. So is the new indictment um, just when you say something horrifyingly <laughs> offensive? I think that should definitely count as an indictment. Because <laughs> we're pretty decent about pronouncing things. That was really a trico thing. Yeah. I mean, we have our moments, especially me and I, cause I always pick like these crazy, like foreign people that have like the most foreign names with so many like, uh, consonants that I'm like, what? How I'm sorry. I- you know, obviously we all study history. I'm going, she was probably a product of her time. She was probably like, ain't got no arms. <laughs> don't have no legs, but at least I'm not black. <laughs> you oh know she's totally a product of her time. You know it. Come on now. She probably still thought she was better with me, than me with no appendages. Like, hmm, still not that guy. All right, I'll eat, I'll eat the olive too. I'll eat the olive. Yeah. Jesus. Um, I don't presume, especially since slavery was outlawed in England long before it was in the U.S. Yeah. Or at least somewhat before it was in the U.S. Yes, because they also outlawed racism. Yes, that's totally how that works. Isn't that how that works? It is. I'm going to go on to the ride now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, dude, I don't know. You might be right. Um, so then, um, so after she, after her failed attempt at making a comeback um, with a different name, uh, some several of her supporters uh, put together basically a GoFundMe. Um, in this article, they call it a public subscription to finance her for her final years. So that's a GoFundMe. So, so her friends. Al Gore invented the internet. Nope, Napoleon Bonaparte. 
Yeah, it sounds like it's more of like a more of a Patreon account. But yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Please Please only fans, Patreon. <laughs> oh, he's got he's drinking the kind of a shot nice. of his free shot glass. Good. I don't know. This is sounding more and more like a, a OnlyFans account, not a. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, <laughs> right down to them misusing uh, her work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of her strip teases. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was yeah. OnlyFans.com/slash that mouth though. That's that's that was the uh, that was. The- <laughs> what that what that mouth do? <laughs> uh, but she um, she wrote a lot in her final years. She wrote a tremendous amount about how she never felt like, no, these people didn't take advantage of me, even though they did. She didn't hold any ill will, essentially. She's like, I don't blame them for my misfortunes. I don't blame Dukes because he gave me a way out. I don't blame my husband, you know, whatever. Yeah, probably should have, but that's cool. Probably should have, but... <laughs> I think that also comes down to the the good little woman who doesn't want the, the whole type of, you know, women should just, you know, take whatever they're given, whatever. So, so there's that. But, um, you know, how I'm being really um, eloquent right now. Yes. I'm, I'm sure you're really appreciating it. Um, but she, like, it's on her epitaph and everything. Her epitaph is basically like, I did all this stuff with my life. Nobody else is to blame. Oh, oh, and by the way, then she died. And then she died! And she in October died. 1850, at the age of 66. Wow, look at her. That's a, that's a good long life. That's, that's a pretty long life for somebody with no arms, no legs. In, yeah. the, seven, in the 19th century, 18th and 19th century, like... Good on you. And she got and she, to meet all this, like, all the royalty and, like, you know, she had people, I mean, like, people were seeking her out. I mean, maybe partially because of her oddity, but also because she was really talented. Yeah. So, good for I her. I feel like when this inevitably becomes the next Disney princess movie, <laughs> the song, I got no legs to hold me up, to make me walk. <laughs> to get, I know the movie will make just me, be... Stubborn. Let me strut. I got no legs, as you can see. I got no legs on me. <laughs> Come on. That's golden. That's that's fucking funny. And and Kristen, you're trying not you're trying not to laugh. You're trying not to laugh, but I'm seeing it. <laughs> this is this is a look of shock. <laughs> anyway. That Disney hasn't already made the movie. <laughs> you- have you been waiting the entire episode to say that, Calvin? No, I just came up with it. That's the alcohol. That is 100% the alcohol making me more creative than I normally am. Here you so, go. So that, that was funny to me. I'm going to laugh about that all day. I might even write those lyrics. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copyright those lyrics. I'm going to copyright them right now. All right. Well, that was uh, Sarah Biffin. You Sarah guys. Biffin. Nice. The Limitless Wonder. Yes. We learned something new today. We've also drank some things. It's great. I'm so yeah. glad you shot of history again it's been you know since our anniversary that we mm-hmm. chose so it's good to, and we haven't had ellie with us in forever yeah hey which so ellie fun. okay two things one first you're a natural beauty i think you are absolutely beautiful two i want to know what your i want to know what your shirt says 
There's always money in the banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand. (laughs) I don't know what that's from. I'm sorry. Maybe I should. What's it from? Arrested Development. Oh, okay. I only watched like a couple episodes of that show, which I heard is great. And now that I've watched all of Ozark, I got to go back and watch Arrested Development, apparently. Oh my God, yes. Because I am watching Ozark for the first time. And Arrested Development was... It, it formed so much of who I am because it was on in my adolescence that like it's it, watching Ozark is a transformative experience. <laughs> um, Sean and I have to watch it with like every so often just to lighten the mood. We have to throw in the narrator saying some shit over what's happening. <laughs> it's, it's a very intense show. I can only watch like two or three in a row and I had to take a break. I'm like, I binged it all in like two weeks. And no one in that show has heard of a light bulb, ever. I saw that post you made, and I was dying. God. Like, we, we serve the almighty light bulb. That's, I, I lo- that's one of the things that really kept me in that show, and I know this isn't about that show, but the whole four-quadrant light bulb thing that comes on at the beginning of every episode of, of, uh, of Ozark. Oh, I, yeah. look, I, look for the, the, I look for the four items. So it's like yeah. a scavenger hunt. Yeah. yeah. This is brilliant. Anyway. All right. So uh, now that we are done with our history for this episode, it's time to. Couldn't hear it. We're gonna pop... What was that? There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll go first. Um, Rocketing Studios uh, has picked up all my stuff. You can now get um, the trade paperback of Psychopath on Amazon, which is super cool. And you can get some digital copies of Aeonian One and Last Heist on www.spinwizcomics.com and also on Comixology. So very excited. Check it nice. out. Cool. Um, you know, all the usual stuff. Fuck Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I will go next. Um, leading questions with Calvin Moore. I would say uh, seven two tours, but uh, social distancing and all, nobody's going on any kind of walking tour right now. Uh, please don't sign up for any of my tours. That's why I've t- taken them all down because people are still idiots. Um, but uh, leading questions with Calvin Moore, you can go to uh, leadingquestionsnow.com and you can find uh, all of our episodes from this season and the previous now six seasons, which is kind of nuts. Uh, and wherever great podcasts are found, except for Stitcher, which Dave says I'm on, but I'm not. I just hid it from you. <laughs> That's cool. I assure you it is there. I have looked it up. It is absolutely not on Stitcher. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Uh, I'll go. Hey, so uh, Dave and it's just podcast Detroit, all the things. Uh, we are actually still up and running during all this chaos. In fact, we've even added a couple new shows uh, that have started running during all this chaos. Nice. Uh, so whether it's podcastdetroit.com or Facebook slash podcast Detroit, podcast Detroit on Twitter, on Instagram, all the things, all the places, all the shows, come check it out. All right. Um, I am the host of Cosplay Confidential, also on the Podcast Detroit Network. And we're currently trying to figure out what we're going to do for the next handful of episodes. <laughs> um, but uh, you can find us on Facebook, Cosplay Confidential Podcast, and Instagram at Cosplay Confidential. Uh, we interview cosplayers from around the country um, and from the Metro Detroit area as well. 
So, and we even have a, one or two international cosplayers. Ooh. I know. I love your show. I think it's really fun. And, you know, I, because I do all the editing, I get to like listen in. Like, and I, I don't listen to every full show, but I listen into enough and I, I, I enjoy your show. I think it's, it's really fun and you get to learn some things. You hey. know what we should do? So, so occasionally, like NPR will have like episodes of a show and then they'll be like, we're going to introduce this other show that we do as well. And it'll be some episode from there. We should do that as Shot of History where we like play an episode of Cosplay Confidential sometime because I have no idea <laughs> how you get material out of out of cosplay, but I'm sure you do. So I think that's so cool. Well, so so I mean basically we we try to gear it towards like, okay, let's talk to this cosplayer and let's talk about their backstory and their background, how they got into cosplay. Because that's something that I think everybody can relate to, even if you're not a cosplayer, is okay, it's like the human interest aspect. Um, of like he, he asked oh, a question oh. and then logged himself off. Oh wait, no, he's coming back. I did not. Internet issues. Come on, Dave, chill out. <laughs> um, That's so cool. So we talked to cosplayers about their um, their cosplay backstory and like sort of their superhero origin, you know, oh. and um, you know goals they might have. Or uh, we talk a lot about fond memories they have of cosplay and conventions and things. Um, sometimes we'll do live episodes at cons where we'll interview cosplayers and at those, a lot of times we'll talk about the convention itself and what's your experience been like here just to sort of encourage people to check it out the next time it comes around. Um, sometimes we'll, we used to do every 10 episodes, we would have a round table discussion where we would talk about an issue. Like my, one of my favorites was episode 10 was don't be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah. It was good. It was it was a goodie. So I I'm hoping we'll bring that back again. Um, so you and I definitely we need to talk about this offline so we we can have you on my show to talk there about this. Go. I would love to talk about that. All right. Uh, I don't mean to do real things. Sorry. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next time on Shot. Wait, History. wait, wait, wait. Melissa hasn't said it. What she her thing? All the things. You, what things? I was gonna say. All right, Melissa. Classically, yeah. none of the things. Melissa has no things. I'm <laughs> at my house. Um, I'm doing yard work. I have a pool. <laughs> Above ground or below? Below. Ooh! Wow. It's twelve feet deep, apparently. Surprising. Okay, go on. All right. So until next time, I'm Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. I'm Ellie. I'm, I'm Calvin. Melissa. Oh, okay. Right. He's Calvin. Right. I'm Calvin. <laughs> and Dave, see ya.